Welcome to the Aviation Scopecast. In this monthly podcast, we cover current events that impact the aviation industry. And whether it is the manufacturers, the airlines, the financial markets, or just little bits and pieces we stumbled upon, all of it has a chance of being featured on here. Who are we, you might ask? I'm Helen Spro, responsible for the aircraft financing sector at Scope Ratings, and with a background in structuring and arranging aircraft financing transactions. And I am Frank Netscher. I work at Scope Analysis, where we cover real assets from an equity perspective. There, I am responsible for all transportation-related assets. Together, Helen and I aim to get you as enthusiastic about aviation as we are. Please keep in mind that our statements reflect our personal opinion, not necessarily Scope's view on the topics covered. With that being said, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Flight 011 of the Aviation Scopecast. We have decided to change the format slightly and will focus on only one topic today. And an important topic it is. And since we are analysts, we will be keeping it crispy and punchy. So, um, one topic that currently and rightly concerns many people is sustainability. And Helen and I have uh, thought about how relevant it actually is for aviation and which aspects are applicable. And on this note, let's take off for this episode. Yeah, when it comes to crispy and punchy, uh, Frank, I'll leave that uh, that up to you. But uh, like you said, we've been um, looking into sustainability in aviation. And one of the things that I found that uh, is most interesting is that... Um, the airport in Norway, actually, they of have course, of course, the airport in Norway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have now finally um, launched their first ever electric-powered flight, uh, which took uh, took place in June this year. Okay. And they're actually aiming, I found out, to have all aircraft uh, electric by 2040 at the airport in Norway uh, in Oslo, it's... which I thought was quite. Um, optimistic maybe it's only 20 years into the future what what model did they actually use i mean i'm now imagining like a two-seater plane yeah it was it was okay. like a two-seater so it wasn't a passenger aircraft in any way but but still uh, it was a successful flight um yeah and that's that's uh, that's one thing i thought about as well uh, when we were talking about um is it even doable to to make aviation green or is the should the main goal be to make it better? Is is that would that be good enough? And when I thought about the the aircraft, it was actually um, right along those lines. As long as we have no electric or, or hydrogen plants, it will only be only striving to get better and not green per se, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And it'll be interesting to see if they can develop this two aircraft into an actual passenger aircraft. Uh, which is their goal. But in case they manage, I actually found it very fanc- fascinating that um, Avinur, which is the, uh, the owner of the airport in Norway, uh, they have decided to have a no-cost policy for electrical aircraft. And I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Norway is one of the countries in the world with the, lo- uh, the biggest amount of electrical cars. Yeah, I do. And the mm-hmm. way they did this uh, and encourage people to buy electrical cars was that you could park for free in uh, some of the biggest cities. You could charge your car for free while parking it there, and you were allowed to uh, drive your car in the bus lane. And when it comes to electrical aircraft, it looks <laughs> like they're going to take this approach into this as well, because they say that, that 
uh, Avinur uh, does not intend to charge landing fees for electric-powered light aircraft and will also allow them to recharge at no cost until 2025. And so you know why, you why Norway them. can can subsidize all of this? Because they have a big Completely oil industry. different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> because they have a big oil industry, so they can subsidize electric cars. <laughs> Very true. But, but I'm thinking, like, if this actually encouraged development within this um within this area, we could actually potentially then in the future get to green aviation, even though, like you said, I also think here and now that uh, it's all about improving what we already have and we can't necessarily hope for a completely green aviation space. Yeah, and um, when it comes to the aircraft, the I mentioned electric and hydrogen because hydrogen is what Airbus actually presented uh, a week or two ago. They presented uh, three designs um, of hydrogen plants, and that's their path to zero emission flights, uh, that's how they put it. And uh, it's concept aircraft, obviously, and three of them. And uh, their goal is to, to have the world's first zero emission commercial aircraft uh, enter the service by 2035. So they have you Norwegians beat by five years, should they succeed. And they call it the most important transition this industry has ever seen. Interesting. That's maybe shooting a bit too far for the stars, but um, they so they introduced those three designs. It was a, a turbofan design for up to 200 passengers, and then a turboprop up to 100. And then I have to scroll down. Uh, the third one was a, a blended wing body, so like a delta wing or a full wing aircraft, also up to 200 passengers. And they, they um, presented those three studies, um, so not the electrical way, but the hydrogen. And I also think electric is probably not powerful enough for, for a real big commercial aircraft, but I'm not an engineer. Oh, neither am I, so that's, but that is a good question. Um, I was thinking as well with, uh, with the aircraft that you just mentioned, do you know, has, has there been any delays because of Corona is this sort of uh, announcement that was before Corona hit the world, or are no? They, they announced it uh, two two weeks ago or so. I mean, it must have been in the makings, and they had another case study um, one or two years ago. Um, I can't remember. I I remember I scrolled through a, a year or two ago, but um, um, no, this was this was quite recent. So Corona is, is the Corona implications are. Um, are going into the thought process, um, but do you think it's it triggered? Or is it just more a byproduct? Because, but if you think about it, like with, with the fact that they had to stop production on some aircraft and they don't want to put too many of their staff on furlough, they want to uh, yeah keep their staff, staff and keep them working on something even if there is a delay in the aviation world. So you often see that, don't you, in a in time of a crisis, that there are a lot of creative ideas, like we talked about a few episodes ago, um, that emerge mm -hmm. from a crisis like this. And yeah, if this uh, crisis have helped uh, encourage more sustainable aviation, that would be at least one positive factor of that. Yeah, I think we are in agreement that that Corona have have pushed these this development and not delayed it. So, I mean, airlines are now retiring aircraft, and what do they retire? Obviously, the older ones, uh, so the less fuel-efficient aircraft, and they are doing it way earlier than they had planned. 
And uh, going forward, they will probably uh, reduce their fleet capacity. And also, who will, who, uh, which plants will they get rid of? The old ones. Uh, they will streamline their route networks. So it will be more probably point-to-point -point than hub and spoke, which leads to less flight, mm. uh, less flights. So, um, and what I thought was interesting is this will also lead to, if you look at a company level, it would lead to, this development would lead to higher ESG ratings for airlines, actually. True. That's very true. So speaking from, from an analyst perspective from, from a rating agency, um, this is quite interesting um, because we what we started to see is that lessers offer more attractive lease rates to airlines with higher ESG ratings. Yeah. So this is one in investor push. Um, and so get rid of the old models, less flights, um, streamline your network. It will, it will lead to, to higher ESG ratings. Um, and the pressure came from the investor side, which is, which is uh, the one side everybody listens to. And um, when I was thinking about it, it was also that um, the state aid um, that a lot of airlines received, it has been conditional um, on compliance with sustainability targets in, in some cases, actually, uh, thinking about um, the Netherlands and France, I believe. Yeah, I'm also thinking that if, uh, like what I mentioned with Avinor just now, that they're, uh, they're reducing or uh, removing landing fees and they allow them to charge their aircraft uh, for free. If other airports in this world, and especially within Europe, would uh, would follow a similar scheme, because it's, it's clear that an electrical aircraft that still hasn't been, you don't have the um, sort of power in numbers uh, or... Uh, uh, the benefit of mass production so far is going to be a much more costly aircraft to acquire for airlines. But if they see in yeah. the long run that there are certain extra benefits of having an electrical aircraft, it might actually spur the uh, yeah the development and encourage the airlines to to try it out at least. Mm -hmm. Because if we are if we're being honest here, uh, most of the um ESG aspects in, in aviation up to now has been a bit of greenwashing, to be yeah. pretty blunt. I had uh, two great examples I found, and I want to share them with you, <laughs> because there was a so-called ESG transaction. Um, and the basic goal of the transaction was the replacement of the old regional jets with more fuel-efficient jets. And that's why it was an ESG transaction. I mean... I get the idea and I applaud it, but um, I wouldn't call it an ESG transaction. <laughs> so. I agree, but at, at the same time, as you know, Frank, if that is if investors require something that's actually not achievable, or government know, and regulators require something that's uh, not achievable, you can't. Well, it's like I sell my old car and buy a new one because I'm so sustainable now. No, I want a new car because uh, gasoline is too expensive. Uh, true, but it also has the side effect of being yeah, positive okay, so. for the environment. So, you know, it's not just one uh, one factor that plays into a transaction like that. But I agree no. with you. To call this an ESG transaction <laughs> might be stretching <laughs> it a bit far. But today, the airlines, they don't actually have a choice uh, other than buying newer, more fuel-efficient aircraft if they want to at least move in the direction of complying with uh, sustainability goals. There isn't yes. much else they can do, is there? That is true. That is true. And also, um, the other one I found was that they, an, an airline, to not name any names here, no naming and shaming on this channel, 
um, today. Um, they actually built a sustainable apartment complex for the airline's cabin crew. <laughs> so that, that was that was the other ESG transaction for for airline. So it's um, well, yeah. But um, since we said we're going to keep this crispy and short, um, crispy and punchy, I, I think I said. Um, I thought about what are the key drivers here, um, key drivers to to go green, if you want to call it that. So I think the the uh, please please um, tell me if you don't agree or if you agree. <laughs> Uh, first driver would be that um, we have increased um, pressure from from the government and from a regulatory perspective. Mm. This is obviously pushing investors, pushing airlines, pushing um, lessers, pushing asset managers, pushing everybody in the industry. And um, you also have reputational considerations now because to be green is basically the new normal. So you have to, you have to like this, um, uh, you have to do it because the others are doing it. So it just drags you along. And also when you look at the commercial side, you have the pricing benefits for the borrowers because we said airlines with a higher ESG rating get more attractive lease rates. So yes, you have the increased governmental and regulatory pressure. You have reputational concerns and you actually have price benefits. And, uh, and this is the last step and I think is for many the most important one um, it just offers you access to to a wider pool of investors because they do need uh, ESG certifications for their investments yeah I completely agree with your uh, video summary there I, I might come across as a bit naive now though but do you not think that one factor could also be that at the top management of airlines are also concerned about our environment and the future and if they see the possibility of contributing to sustainability that that bless, could also bless you helen bless you <laughs> <laughs> of course not if um, that compromise with price and everything but the key drivers you mentioned that that can be an additional factor when you achieve all the other factors let's or lump it in with me? reputational considerations okay fair i enough, mean fair enough I mean, they will always have to, if you're the CEO of an airline, you 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 have to make money. And um, I mean, it's a pretty new sentiment when you ask investors, are you willing to, to forego performance in order to be greener? Up to a year ago, everybody would say, yeah, it's nice to be green, but if it costs me performance, hell no. Um, so that's a change. Yes, I agree there. I also also think um, a genera generational change has to take place. So the, the yeah. younger generation has to, to take the sea level and then you will probably see it because yes, I do think it is a sentiment, it is a movement and it's, it's, it's good, I, I, uh, I'm a fan of it. But um, I still think the, the companies are in for, for profit not to do I, good i completely agree with you there and i'm not saying that they would ever sacrifice profit uh for doing good uh, as you said uh, because you're also responsible in the job and position you've been given you have been given this position to optimize profitability in most cases but I, yeah, I'd like to not to, to not fire people i mean you have to be profitable to 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 keep your um, employers exactly but i do like to think that if 
everything else falls into place. You know that you have a price uh, uh, benefit, a reputational benefit, and you comply uh, with government uh, and regulators. That's it is a positive in addition that you contribute to to the future and to our environment. But yeah. you might be right that we have to wait for the next generation to step into the sea level to... Well, let's call you the optimist and me the pessimist, but um, I'm fine you know, op optim optimism is a lack of information, as you know. <laughs> so, trying to say something, Frank. <laughs> uh, no, 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 not at all, not at all. No, but um, I think when it comes to aviation, um, yes, as we said, Corona has actually pushed this development, and uh, but still, it is in this segment and this asset class, it's still um, also a fight against uh, against the opposition that aviation can only be about greenwashing. Mm. And um, I think we're on a good path, so so I agree, and I, I share your hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanna I wanna see um, actions, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. And as you mentioned as well, like it is positive that um, Airbus have announced uh, all, um, yeah, announced news about uh, more sustainable aircraft after after Corona actually hit the market. But I'm thinking from an airline perspective now as well, that on the, on the airline side, this might, uh, Corona might have actually delayed the process because we all know uh, how much pressure the airlines are currently under. And I can't really imagine now that they have the majority of their fleet parked, uh, they need to source uh, cash in order to increase their liquidity levels to be able to repay bonds, etc. I can't picture that this is one of the main topics in their board meetings, how to become more greener at the moment. So in that way, maybe Corona has potentially delayed the, uh, the process of green aviation. But I still think it's a side effect because uh, uh, the remains of the airlines will be a more modern fleet, a streamlined fleet, which will automatically lead to, to a greener footprint. That's true. But often you see the new aircraft models coming into the market. The reason that the manufacturers produce new aircraft models are because they're being pressured by the airlines. The airlines want something new. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue under uh, the current circumstances to put pressure on the, uh, on the manufacturers to produce more sustainable uh, aircraft models. So mm -hmm. you have to say that the electrical aircraft that was produced in Norway is because it's being pushed by the government. And like you mentioned, it's beneficial to have an oil fund uh, so that you can, <laughs> can uh, push those developments. <laughs> and, uh, but of course, the manufacturers, uh, the big ones, Airbus, Boeing, uh, they need to get a buy-in from the airlines before they put too much research and development into pr producing an electrical aircraft, for instance. Yeah, was a good, good closing statement. So I think uh, with that being said, we will end today's flight. And please um, do not hesitate to, to reach out to either one of us. And as always, thank you everyone for listening and please continue to stay safe and healthy.